Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yutaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 128. Welcome back. Uh, it's a new year. Uh, I'm excited to get the year up and going with, uh, with podcasting. I believe this is my fourth year doing this, so I'm really excited uh, to continue the podcast on. It's kind of grown and evolved and, and changed uh, over the last couple of years, so uh, really excited to how everything is going right now. Um, we want to talk a little bit about today's guests because kind of in this new year as we're kind of going through um, – sure you're going through goal setting. I'm sure you're trying to kind of maybe start some resolutions. You're trying, really trying to identify like what's the best place for me in 2020. Uh, obviously 2020, I, it's cliche to me now already, but everyone's already talking about a clean vision for 2020. So hopefully you're in the midst of that and hopefully listening to podcasts and, and trying to grow through podcasts is, is one of those things as well. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about my guest. My guest today, Brent Vodder, is the Oklahoma Area Director for CBMC. Brent's background is marketing. He spent 15 years on the corporate side with GE, MasterCard, the Gilcrease Museum, and then oil and gas training company before he went on his own and spent 13 years as a contractor for marketing agencies on the East Coast. He's very involved in foreign mission work as well as CBMC ministry in Oklahoma City. In fact, he's so involved, he decided to shut, up, shut down everything else uh, and give CBMC his sole attention. Uh, and that was two years ago. Brendan and his wife, Paula, live in Edmond. Uh, he's got one son who's 23 and works in Arkansas. Brent, welcome to the podcast. If you don't mind, say hello to the audience and tell them a little bit more about yourself. Well, thank you very much, Evan. It's a privilege to be here, and I appreciate the invitation to, to join this group today. So, yeah, you, you kind of gave uh, the little bio, my background. I'm a, I'm a business guy. I grew up in the marketing world, started with GE when I was 19, living down in Dallas, which is where I'm from. Wow. Um, worked for GE for nine years before I got recruited away from them and then started bouncing uh, from one corporate job to another, trying to build my career, right, trying to take the next step up and and uh, it's always nice when people come looking for you based on uh, <laughs> success you've had in your career. So I was riding that wave and I, I thought I was doing all the right things until I realized that I'd been paying attention to all the wrong things mm. uh, because my, my seven year marriage came apart. Mm. And that's part of my story. Unfortunately, I'm one of those I'm one of those uh, stories that you hear the, the cars that break down on the side of the road because they were running at the wrong RPM for too long. And that was me. Uh, that was what it took for God to get my attention. That's what it took mm. for me to, to say, wait a minute, you know, all this stuff that I thought I was doing to better my family's situation um, was actually cutting our legs out from underneath us. And uh, man, I tell you what, I, I hate even having to share that part of my story, but it actually as part of that testimony. It's part of what brought me to where I am now. Uh, I stayed in the marketing field, um, but I had a completely different take on it from that point on. And mm -hmm. it was, uh, I think we're going to spend some time today talking about um, the importance of being connected, having intentional uh, discipleship and connection, people who are pouring into you. And that's what it took for me to finally realize that I'm not the author of my own destiny, uh, mm. that I'm not the guy that gets to pave the road and then drive the road. The road, the road for me has already been paved and determined since before I was born. Um, it's up to me to find out how to get on there and stay on it. And I need some navigation aids in doing that. So that's part of my story. I'm excited to be able to share that because it's, it's part of the passion that drives me and what I'm doing now with Christian Businessmen's Connection. Absolutely. Well, 
the story you just shared is really kind of one of the reasons that this entire podcast exists. And that is that I think a lot of times we as men get into a, or we as leaders, even, I think it extends well beyond us as men, but we get into the situation where we recognize like, all right, this is how I define success. It's achieving this status, having these kinds of customers, working for this kind of company, providing for my family and doing all these things. And we start chasing and going because we see, I think for most part, other people doing the same thing. We're like, well, if that guy, that's what success looks like. Cause I see this guy do it and he seems successful. So therefore that's what I need to do. But I think what you illustrated perfectly is that um, you're, you were focused on things that you were, you thought were the right things but ultimately you found out that maybe the scope of success was a little bit more multifaceted than you thought. And maybe some of those priorities change once you uh, really were to attribute some value on specific things that maybe you, you even took for granted because you didn't know that you needed to pay more attention to those things because you were so focused on your career. You're so focused on your leadership journey. And so that's one of the things that for this podcast, when you when you hear the the topics that we we try to cover and some of the principles that we try to tap into, it's because we want you to have a broader view of success or a broader view in the sense that it's bigger than what you think it is, but it's also more defined than it, than you think it is. Because when you fully understand that, uh, I would venture to say there's some people that you would maybe look at in their their journey in life. And I would call them successful, but you might not. Um, but it's because I have a different view of success and there's different, in my opinion, stages of success because you can't like when you're starting in college, you're probably not going to be the president of a company. Uh, you're probably not going to be a CEO of a company Mm -hmm. because that's part of your journey. So are you a failure when you start out of college? No, uh, it's just success is something that is constantly evolving and changing on your leadership journey. So I'm really excited to jump into this with you because I think that you're going to bring a lot of uh, wisdom and, and life experience to this conversation as we kind of talk about uh, your leadership journey, your, your, your kind of path through all of this. And I'm really intrigued about CBMC. And, and I want you to kind of explain what that is for people because I don't know that they fully, because uh, we, we really haven't talked about it too much yet. And for you to take that big jump from what I would say is what almost over 10 years in the marketing industry, in the corporate world, you know, kind of achieving 30. a level of success, right? 30. Um, yeah. To kind of walk away from all of that to go a completely different direction. To me, that tells me that you had a newly defined purpose. And so I'd love to hear about uh, that part of your journey. Yeah. So where do you want me to start? You want me to talk about CBMC for a minute? Yeah. Let's talk about that so that we kind of have an understanding of what CBMC is. Uh, and then I'd love to kind of sure. hear what drew you away from what you were doing to something like this. Yeah. So CBMC, the Christian Businessmen's Connection, we're celebrating 90 years this year. It started up in Chicago with five business guys during the Great Depression back in 1930. Wow. And they, uh, Said, hey, we need to we need to come together. We need to pray for the city. We need to pray for this nation, and we need to pray for our businesses. You know, we're still alive. We're still surviving as business owners. But uh, uh, if we're not, if God's not in this, this isn't going to last either. And so they committed to come together and pray for each other, and pray for uh, their community. And that grew from the five of them to uh, a larger group and a larger group. And I've seen an old vintage photo of one of one of these CBMC groups up in Chicago in the early thirties that had like 800 people doing a wow. time of prayer in the street. 
Chicago, and it started to move <laughs> around the nation. Came to Oklahoma in 1960, so this is our 60th year here in this mm. state. Um, but CBMC is an international ministry now. We're in we're in 92 countries around the world. I think was the last the last number I heard. So it's a it's a big ministry. But to break it down and kind of talk about what we're about, it's really just taking the gospel to the marketplace, and then equipping guys to carry out the Great Commission. And mm-hmm. I think if anybody has grown up in or near a church, you may have heard of the Great Commission, where Jesus says right before he he leaves and goes back up to heaven after after he's already been crucified and risen. Uh, he, he tells his disciples, okay, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Teaching them everything that I've taught you, and, and I'm going to be with you. So don't do this without me. <laughs> don't try to do it without me. I'm in this, yeah. but I want you to go and make disciples. And I think for a lot of men, myself included, uh, 10 years ago, I would have had no idea what does that look like. Mm-hmm. What what are we talking about when we say go and make disciples? And before I even let you answer that question, I'm just going to tell you I'm probably not your guy. <laughs> I'm not a pastor. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a counselor. I'm not even an extrovert. Okay, I just I don't even like people that much. I don't want to go and make disciples, uh, and I don't think I could if I wanted to. Um, number one, I'm I'm pretty busy, um, and I'm doing good things anyway. So let that just be my contribution, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't help but wonder, Evan, if if a lot of us are going to get to heaven and we're just going to see Jesus shaking his head, going, really? Uh, You know, I asked you to do this one thing, and and you missed out on the joy of actually doing the one thing I asked you to do. Um, And so the ministry of CBMC tries to demystify this idea of what is going and making disciples look like. I think it's really easy to just relegate that to something that our pastors and our small group leaders do. You know, if you want to become a disciple of Jesus, well, get connected to a church and plug into a Sunday school class, right? That's Mm -hmm. our answer. But the truth of the matter is your pastor and your Sunday school class leader might get that person for one, maybe two, maybe three hours a week, depending on how aggressive and all in they are. Mm -hmm. But Evan, you worked with the guy 40 hours a week. How much time do you get with your coworker? Yeah, And so that's where CBMC is, is about helping guys understand, first of all, well, first of all are, are you even in a relationship with God yourself? Uh, and secondly, are you prepared to be the guy that God's going to use to help the person that works next to you or the yeah. person who works for you or even the person you work for? I've seen that happen. Um, so that's, that's what the hard feet of CBMC is about, is equipping men to live out the purposes for which God created them and, yeah. and to be on mission. That's uh, that's I'm, I'm glad you explained that. And I think that uh, for the most part, a, lo- a lot of people compartmentalize their lives. I know mm-hmm. that I, I for a long time have, and, and uh, one of my goals is to not do that, to not have my work mm-hmm. life and then my family life and my church life, but allow God to flow through all of those things instead of it being um, certain parts of my life that I give access to as opposed to the, the entire part of it. You, you said in the very beginning, recognizing that you, your, your destiny and, and your purpose was already pre, predetermined in the very beginning. And a lot of that comes to stewardship and, and really kind of surrendering to your purpose and recognizing that you were created for a greater purpose. And th- that's one of the things we try to talk ab- about a lot here uh, indirectly, uh, because as we kind of go through that, I think we, as things continue to grow, 
um, I think that's where you have peace in your leadership journey because you know that you're operating in your strengths and you're recognizing that, that God has, has, has already kind of designed you for something. And that's where stewardship comes in. That's where um, whenever you're, uh, you're in this leadership, it, it takes some of that pressure off because you're, you're recognizing that you're operating in your strengths and you're doing what you were created to do. But at that point, um, it, it, the sole responsibility does, doesn't always doesn't completely fall on your shoulders. You just have to do and reflect uh, back to God what He's kind of pointed you to do. And so, once you can kind of recognize and and, and understand that, uh, that makes a huge difference. But at the same time, you have to recognize that in that walk, that there's other people that kind of need to see that. And so that's where I'm talking about where we're interwoving uh, your, your, your spiritual life and your relationship with God into all of those different things. It's not meant to be a compartmentalized thing because if you weave right. God into all of that, then you can always point back to him and say, because of him, because of him, not because of my plans, not because of the things that I've done, but because of him. And they'll see all of that. I think a lot of times we as leaders don't like to show weakness. I've, I've, I've talked about this a lot. And when you, when you don't like to show weakness, there's some facets to that, which involve things like I have to have all the answers because if I don't have all the answers, then I don't need to be in this position. And I think if we're invulnerable and we, we project that all the time, then we're not going to be disciples because in discipleship and in kind of growing in this walk, you have to recognize that you don't know everything. And I think that that's a, a, a challenge. It was definitely a challenge for me as a young leader. Uh, and I think that it's really important that we, we find ways to kind of pull all these different things together uh, and recognize that in this leadership journey and in this walk that we have, that is really important to not just um, be a good leader and treat people well, but also kind of remember that there's a much bigger picture here and a much bigger purpose and where, where does God fit into that entire purpose? And I think discipleship is what kind of makes that, that walk that much more real and that much more tangible. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And something that just came to mind as you're, as you're sharing that, um, you know, a plus B equals C, right? So if we, if we, uh, if we go back and we look at, um, two truths that we see in scripture and we add those together, uh, we see a, a bigger reality that applies to every one of them. Truth number one, A, is God created each one of us uniquely. Scripture is clear on that. The way he's wired you, Evan, is differently di different than the way he wired me. We've got different personalities, different gifts. Uh, we're handcrafted. We are intentionally designed. Um, so that's A. B is that God is personal. He's knowable, and he wants to be known. And we take those two truths from Scripture, and we add them together, and we have this bigger truth that applies to us, and that is that he has created each one of us specifically on purpose and for a purpose. Mm -hmm. and, and part of that purpose is universal to all believers, and, and we can learn about that in our small groups and in our um, Bible reading plans on you version, you know, we can, we can learn the universal call for all believers, but this personal call, that personal purpose that's unique to me, uh, the only way I'm going to know that is by being in a personal relationship with God. It's mm -hmm. not just a Sunday morning, hear a sermon that's preached, by the way, to a thousand people at one time. Uh, it's a personal conversation. It's the one-on-one -on -one is where that second piece of my purpose is, is derived. Uh, 
that's specific to me part of the purpose can only be uh, understood through a personal relationship, not preaching to the masses. So, I, and I'm not to take anything away from church membership and involvement in small groups and men's groups. I mean, we do men's groups at CBMC, but the uh, the one-on-one -on -one time with God is really where it comes. And I think that's the piece that's missing for a lot of us, especially mm -hmm. here in the Bible Belt. You know, we grew up in church. We know the Bible stories. We're going to, we, we take our wife and our kids to Sunday school and we're involved in the small group at our church. Uh, and that's, that's great for that piece of it. But if that's the extent of your faith growth and faith development, then you never get the B part of the equation, which is the on purpose for a purpose piece, right? The, yeah. the piece that's unique to me. And um, so I think, um, I think there's a critical uh, reason there why you would not, why we should not be the Monday morning atheists, right? That turn <laughs> off the light switch on Monday morning and yeah. we go about our work and we look just like the rest of the world around us. You know, we're, we're, we'll talk about thunder games. We're going to stay away from the no fly zones in the office. We're going to try to stay away from politics and stay away from uh, gender, you know, issues. We're going to stay away from religion. You know, those are things that you don't want to get embroiled in some kind of a long discussion on that stuff, right? The nail that stands up is the one that gets beaten down. So let's let's just go along to get along and, and see if we can fly clean on that. Just everybody come here and get your work done. But then once Sunday rolls around, bam, we're, we're right back to God and Jesus and everything all over again. And, and you're right. I think uh, the tendency is to compartmentalize and uh, leave our faith out of our work because it's mm -hmm. uncomfortable. It's, it's risky. Um, you're, you're afraid that you're going to find yourself in a conversation that's going to get somebody upset or it's going to put you in a position where you're suddenly on the outside looking in. And especially when you're young and you're trying to start your career, uh, it's hard to to know, should I or should I not take a stand for this issue? Should I speak up? Because the last thing I want to do is sabotage my career right as it's starting to get going. Yeah. I don't want to be the one person that's uninvited to you know, <laughs> the fishing trip with the boss because you're the Jesus thumper over here that... Um, you know, we don't want you, you're probably not going to drink and have fun on the lake with us. So we're not going to invite you. And next thing you know, you know, is that a way to start a career? Uh, yeah. Those are real issues that I think guys struggle with today. And, and those are the kind of things that CBMC ministries like CBMC, I think, um, are, are trying to help guys navigate those waters. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I as you were talking about that, I was thinking that I, I believe that through discipleship, um, it almost kind of gives you a, a way to look at uh, like, here's somebody who I know and respect that is found a way to do this in some capacity. And so if they can do it, I can do it. I can, I can be relatable. I can, I can have um, my own personal beliefs and I can really, um, I, I can reflect God throughout the week and it's, it's, it's already been proven. Somebody's, somebody's already done it. And so that, that makes it that much more feasible for me to do that. And I think that that's kind of that guiding relationship through it because, you know, we talk about business coaches or you, you go to school to learn a trade or whatever else. The whole purpose of that is to accelerate your process. Um, I, I think that for, for the most part, there's a lot of things that you can figure out on your own. And I think a lot of times people, for the most part, try to figure out their spiritual 
walk on their own. They have some different guides in terms of they'll go to church or they'll listen to, uh, you know, a sermon or they might read a book. But I don't really see a lot of people um, going to specific people that are going to accelerate that personal relationship. And I think that's where discipleship yeah. comes in. But I think also at the same time, once you get that personal relationship, that completely changes everything in terms of um, how, uh, how God becomes a, a situation where you just know about God to actually having a personal relationship with God. And I think that that makes a much bigger difference in your leadership. Yeah. So that was that was actually part of my story. I already shared the first part of it, right? So I'm I've just I've just wrecked a marriage unintentionally, not because yeah. I became a bad guy or I started doing bad things. I was just I was just focused on the wrong things as priorities. Um, but I, uh, I I found myself in Tulsa. I was working for the Gilcrease Museum at the time. Uh, cool place, by the way. If you haven't been there, check it out. Yeah, it's but it's it, a I, hidden gem. I had to go to church again. For the first time in probably 12 years, I uh, hadn't been to church since I was early 20s at that point. Um, so I, I find this church, it didn't say Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian or anything. And I thought, good, this is probably going to be my speed. So I, I went into this small <laughs> church, maybe 200 there. And this guy with khakis and a polo shirt comes up and introduces himself. And he seems pretty cool. You know, we're standing along the back wall. I tell him it's my first time. He was like, well, I'm glad you're here. I hope you like it. Uh, stick around afterwards. Maybe we can trade some business cards and, and get together and grab a coffee this week. And I thought, sure, okay, I'm new to Tulsa. Um, maybe I'll stick around. So I sit down, the service begins, and when it comes time for the sermon, this guy gets up and preaches the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, you didn't tell me you were the pastor. But sure enough, he sought me out when the service was over, and we did grab that coffee that next week. Um, and the week after that, and the week after that, and for three and a half years, mm. Greg and I would get together either at my kitchen table in the morning before work, or taking runs around La Fortune Park, or you know, changing a water heater at his house, or something. I mean, we just—he just—he modeled what it was like to pursue God and still um, pursue God in every area of his life, in his parenting, mm. in his work life, in his ministry. Um, but what is it like for, for a guy to struggle with the temptations that we struggle with? I, I watched him have arguments with his wife. I watched parenting fails that he mm -hmm. would not want me to uh, disclose on a public podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, saw, I saw him get more things right than wrong, but I saw him make a lot of yeah. mistakes as well. And I learned from his mistakes. I learned in watching him <clears throat> recover and what you said a moment ago, sometimes we just need to see other examples of the guys who have gone before us. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever watched American Ninja Warrior, but I, I have to think that those guys watch each other and they learn from the people that go before them. Yeah. From the people that make it all the way to the final buzzer, as well as the people that, you know, find the water halfway through. They're, they're looking at, you know, where did he try to get his grip and what was his approach on that obstacle? And I, I think that, is a small uh, picture of what discipleship can look like. It's yeah. learning from the people that are a step ahead of you. They don't have to be 20 years your senior. They might they might be your same age, mm. but they're just a, a step ahead of you on the trail. And so, uh, if, if we will humble ourselves to the to be able to learn from someone else, there's a lot that we can pick up just from an intentional relationship like that. 
Well, I definitely want to dig a little deeper into that, but first I want to kind of go back to, cause I'm, I'm still intrigued about uh, kind of what caused you to completely pack up uh, your, your career yeah. and, and go to CBMC. So there was obviously uh, a, a lot that happened right there. So let's, let's dive into that and then we'll dive a little bit deeper into what true discipleship is. Yeah. So I've, I discovered from firsthand experience that my faith life, and I, I think all of our uh, faith life that uh, we've got, we've got a, high gear that you might not know about. It's not labeled on the stick shift, but uh, I think it's one thing to have a disciplined uh, uh, relationship with God, right? You're spending time with him in his word and prayer and fellowship with other believers. Then you, you kick it up into a high gear when you're, when you're meeting intentionally with somebody else who's discipling you. But it was honestly, Evan, it was when the man who was working with me, when he said, Hey Brent, um, it's time for you to begin praying about who God would bring into your life for you to disciple. Mm. And I, I confess I resisted for all those reasons I mentioned earlier. It's not my personality. I don't have time. Um, I don't think I would have much to give. I don't think I'm quite ready to be able to help someone else. And he said, well, you've come every week that we've been meeting and you've been prepared and you've uh, engaged in the conversation and you've seen the way that we do our time together. What would keep you from, starting back over chapter one, you know, page one with somebody else and bringing them through the same thing that we're doing. Mm. And I thought long and hard about it. I couldn't give them a, a good reason why I couldn't do that. And so sure enough, two months later, um, somebody literally bumped into me and said, man, I could really use somebody to meet with on a weekly basis. Are you free by any chance? Would you be up for a coffee? <laughs> and I was at that point of, and it's like, what do you do with that? God just made that as obvious as he could have. So uh, we started meeting, and that was that was what changed. That was that hidden high gear that I didn't know that we all have, but we do. I think yeah. there's a new trajectory in our faith life that we have an opportunity to kick into when uh, when we begin when we become that person for somebody else. When we pass on the things that we've learned from the generation before us. And so I started meeting with this guy. I didn't think I knew what I was doing, but I was amazed at some of the things that would come out of my mouth sometimes. And, uh, <laughs> and, another, and then another guy found out I was meeting with this guy. And so now I'm meeting with two guys. Wow. And then it went up to three. And my wife is like, Brent, you used to come home from work talking about your marketing clients. Now you come home with these amazing God stories of how God's working in the lives of these men that you're spending time with each week. She said, it's, it's clear to me mm. that your passion has shifted, that mm. uh, I think I, God is calling you into this on a vocational basis. And so we began a season of praying, and we prayed first back in 2014, spent a whole summer praying, and God didn't say no, but he didn't say yes. So we just put it on pause and then came back five years later and began praying about it again. And uh, this time the light was was bright green, and so we we shut down the marketing and uh, I came on full, full time with CBMC, which was intimidating because I've got to raise my own support. So mm. that wasn't something I was looking <laughs> forward to, but, but to be honest with you, it's, it's amazing when we're doing what God's called us to do, those little details don't become stressors yeah. at this point. So what I thought was going to be my biggest obstacle uh, is really not even a thought I give any attention to these days. <laughs> well, I, I do think it's that's, funny that's that. That's my story. I'm 
Yeah, no, and I appreciate you sharing that because I, I think that that's probably a relatable story for a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of irony in it too, because here you are <laughs> like kind of starting into this discipleship type relationship and, and, you know, feeling that you have nothing to add to it all the way to it's now become your career. So, you know, anytime when you're looking at, you know, what was I created to do? What, what gives me fulfillment? What, where, where, where are my passions? Uh, like your wife said, like she could see it kind of overflowing out of you. And and I think that those are really important indicators in your journey when you have that kind of feedback from other people, because they see it, they, they, they know. And then sometimes they can see stuff that you don't even see yet. You know, I, I've talked about in my journey where people have seen things, leadership qualities in myself that I didn't even know that I had yet. But I think in your case, you know, she was seeing where your passion really was. And hopefully that made that that much more clear for you that you had that kind of confirmation in your, in your, your, your soul where you're sitting there going, this is what I was created to be. I am operating now in my strengths. I am pursuing the things that I believe that I was created to pursue. And man, there's just so much fulfillment in knowing that you're operating in your strengths and there's so much like you, you called it a hidden high gear. I, I, I think that that's a great way to explain it because now you know what's truly possible. I don't think that hidden high gear is going to be uh, something that you use and something that you're not passionate about. I think that only is going to kick in on the things that you were absolutely created uh, to do. And when you combine those two things, that's when that gear shows up. And that's where you really start to see God move in all of it. You know, we got an opportunity last fall to uh, bring a, a camera crew to um, a business owner here in Oklahoma City and one of the people that works for him and his company. Uh, and these two guys uh, ended up hooking up in a discipleship relationship. And, and we spent time interviewing each one of them separately and, and the two of them together. And it was really neat because the business owner who, you know, he's, he's a busy guy, right? And, and he's a successful guy. But when he felt... Um, God calling him to invite uh, this guy who works close to the bottom of his organization, um, invite him into a discipleship relationship and began spending time with him intentionally each week, just exploring the truth from scripture. Uh, he turned around now, he looked straight in the camera and he said, this is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. Mm. And this is from somebody who's done a lot of really good things and he's yeah. been really good at the things that he's doing. And, uh, for him to be able to say with sincerity that this is this is accomplishing a purpose that I'm now discovering uh, I was created for, and until yeah. you say yes, you don't understand it. It's it's one of those things where we can try to unpack it as best we can in the hour that we've got on this podcast, but we still won't be able to fully do it justice until every one of your listeners hooks up with somebody and says, "Hey, not just somebody, but." somebody that they've prayed about is this going to be the right kind of person to help me in my spiritual journey not just mentor me in business hmm. but is this guy who's going to help me discover a richer relationship with the lord yeah. and uh, boy when you when you take that step and you start being discipled and then start uh, doing that with someone else uh, that's that high year hmm. and it is the most rewarding thing that you'll ever do i can say that with confidence and assurance it's the most rewarding thing we will ever do. Here's a thought on that. Find a friend. Hopefully it's not your direct family, although there's a good chance it probably will be for most of us. Uh, but find a friend who has just lost a loved one, mm. lost a grandparent, 
and support your friend by taking off work, putting on a suit, and attending that funeral. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that everybody should go to at least one funeral a year. If for no other reason than just to be reminded of the opportunity that we have to impact somebody else's life. And we don't typically hear about those things until we're at a funeral, right? And you get to hear somebody eulogize the impact that they had. And and I think sometimes we need that little reset, that little calibration, if you will, of the opportunities that God puts in front of us 40 hours a week, every week. The people we work with got an opportunity just like Greg did with me up in Tulsa. I've got an opportunity to help this person move closer to Christ. Mm. Um, I don't want to miss that chance. I'd love, I would love one day for somebody to be able to say, I've got a life that honors God because Evan took the time to meet with me Yeah. every week. Uh, mm. That's awesome. I, uh, I agree. I, I hope, <laughs> man, I think, I think it'll mean more to me now, uh, especially like if, uh, if I were to have that statement, I think early in my, my journey, uh, if someone were to say that, I, I would think that they were messing with me. Um, but I think <laughs> now, uh, if, if I were to get that, I would, I would take that as probably the ultimate compliment. I would walk away going, man, this is something that I didn't even know that I, I could feel. And I'm so glad that, that this uh, that, that you feel that way. But then I would also feel a lot of pressure <laughs> at that point. I'm like, okay, uh, how do I like, what, what, first of all, what did I do? And second of all, like, what do I keep doing? Because I, I want to impact more lives. I want to make that, that kind of difference, uh, in people's lives, because I know that there are people in my life that have done that for me. And so if I can get to that point where I'm doing that for other people, man, there's just so much, I've, I said it before, so much fulfillment, uh, in that. And I think fulfillment has a much deeper meaning to me now uh, because I recognize that there are deeper things that just give you peace and joy in, in what you do. And I think that's when we were talking about success earlier, that that really shows me what, what true success looks like. Brent, I want to talk a little bit about discipleship because I think that that's kind of what all of this has been leading up to. And I appreciate you sharing your story, talking a little bit about your journey through all this stuff and, and kind of giving us a little bit of an inside look uh, in that uh, discipleship journey and leadership journey for you. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about like, like the true definition, like uh, there's multiple definitions of discipleship out there, but I'd really like to get your definition of discipleship. Yeah, well, um, a following leader would probably be the easiest way to start. Um, okay. Paul says a couple times in his epistles, he, he says, hey, imitate me as I'm imitating Christ. Mm-hmm. It's not because he thought of himself too highly. I think he, he knew better than, than any of us uh, that, that uh, he was still prone to sin, right? He still had... Uh, these areas that he was struggling with. He said at one point in one of his letters, he said, man, the the one thing I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, that's what I keep doing. And he said, it's it's an ongoing process with me. I I am not a perfect man, but I am on a mission with God. And and I want you to join me in that mission. And I think that's what discipleship looks like to me. I'd, backpacking is my one hobby, and so I've got a couple of friends that we hit a trail a few times a year, and sometimes it's just a long weekend. Sometimes we'll take a whole week off and go to Colorado or something. But 
Yeah. Uh, it's so I think in terms of trail analogies, but a, a discipleship relationship is almost like a Sherpa who has already traveled this trail before. Uh, and it doesn't make him an expert on all things mountain, but I've been on this trail and now I'm going to come back and bring you along this section of trail that I've been on. Mm. And it's, it, but do it in such a way now that you have a vision for and are equipped to be able to do the same with others. Yeah. And I think uh, even that truth, Evan, is straight out of the New Testament where Paul says, hey, the things that you've heard from me, pass these on to reliable men who will also be qualified to lead others and, mm-hmm. and keep it going. Uh, so it was always meant to be passed down to the person behind you on the trail. Question is, are we are we doing that intentionally? That's what discipleship, I think, is for me. It's it's a relationship. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people kind of in your shoes when uh, Greg had told you, I think it's time for you to start uh, helping somebody else kind of along the path. And I think uh, they were in that they're in that situation where they're like, I I see the value in it. I definitely want to do it. I either need to reach out to somebody to disciple me. Um, or at the same time, I feel like maybe I'm ready, but I don't necessarily know like what that really looks like. Um, and so I know that CBMC actually has some materials that actually kind of walk through that process a little bit. Can you talk about those and, and, and let people know exactly what that is? Cause I think that if we can demystify that, I think there's probably a lot more people out there that are like, Oh yeah, let's do this. And, or, uh, let's get this stuff together and pursue it together. And I think that's where, you know, we can really uh, start to accelerate this process. Yeah, that's a really good point. So if, if you and I, back to the backpacking analogy, if you and I were to just bushwhack our way up a mountain and we're just cutting through the, the scrub and then you come back in six months, you're not going to do a very good job of being able to bring somebody along that same route up the mountain because we weren't following any kind of a trail. We were just kind of making our own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean that you will never be able to help somebody else get up the mountain, but boy, it sure is easier if there's a trail to follow. Mm-hmm. And that's what CBMC has developed over time is this, this material that just provides a well-trodden, a proven trail, if you will, to bring somebody else along with. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, we've developed a, a curriculum but it's not about the curriculum. It's really about getting familiar with the process of helping someone else grow, but doing it with uh, intentional exploration of different elements of our faith walk. Uh, so the, the very first one might be, you know, the very first chapter of our, our material that we use is just confronting us with where are we going with our lives right now? What's the purpose of our life as we would define it today? Before we go any further, Let's just do a kind of a baseline assessment, and then let's let's uh, explore for a second. Does God have something to say about that? Mm-hmm. What what would others say is your purpose based on what they see in you and what they know about you? And then we move into you know a, a discussion around the credibility of the Bible because if we're going to use Scripture as our guide in this journey, we need to have a really good understanding that this is trustworthy. <laughs> that Scripture is not just a collection of fairy tales and an old and you know made up myths uh, so we spend some time going through is is the bible completely credible is there verifiable truth to this and you'd be surprised how many christians struggle with that 
Mm-hmm. And so we spend some time going through that. And even if it's not something that you struggle with, even if you've already accepted a long time ago that the Bible is the inerrant word of God, uh, would you be able to answer someone else's sub- objections on that? Would you be able to help someone else reach that same level of confidence? Uh, because if not, this is a section of the trail that you don't want to skip past. It would be a good thing for you to know, uh, know this for yourself and know how to help the person that God's ultimately going to bring in your life for you to work with, help them have that same level of knowledge. And then it moves into Evan. It moves into some of the foundations of Christian faith. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Why did Jesus have to come? And what did he do when he did come? Um, and, and it takes you through some of those foundational things, which again, if you're already a believer and, and you may look at this stuff and say, man, this is pretty basic. I don't need, I don't need to spend time going through a book like that with somebody. Um, I would encourage you to, first of all, uh, think twice, let the material, let the Holy Spirit awaken you to something that he wants to show you through this. It's, it's good for us, even if it's only to recalibrate, but it's also good in terms of preparing us to be able to come alongside somebody else. And then, then it starts to move us into some of the things about, you know, our identity uh, in Christ who God says we are uh, versus who we think we are or who others have told us that we'll never be. It moves us into uh, how do we battle temptation? How do we battle the world and the culture that we live in? How do we, and not necessarily battle it, but how do we reconcile that with our new identity and our new life in Christ? And and what, what role does the Holy Spirit play in all of this? I mean, these are all, things that it's helpful for us to have a good understanding of what this looks like in our life. And it's helpful for us to be able to have a trail like this, this study to go through with somebody else to bring them to that same level of understanding. Yeah. Because at the end, um, as, as we continue to work through this material, we call it Operation Timothy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's named after the relationship that the Apostle Paul had with this young pastor, Timothy, who was kind of his protege. And Paul intentionally invested himself in Timothy's life, instructing him, passing on to him uh, the things that Paul had already learned, and, and calling Timothy up as he began to see gifts in Timothy's life that, that he knew that you know, God had planted in him a purpose that Timothy might not have been able to see that for himself apart from Paul speaking that in, into him. And so that's why we call this Operation Timothy, because it's it's that kind of a discipleship, Paul-Timothy relationship uh, that that we want, want to help men discover and engage in. What you're explaining to me, and, and I love how you kind of posed it a little bit, is like, well, if I'm already a Christian, I don't know that I want to go back and, and do that. But the way I kind of look at that is, is like, you, we're talking about fundamentals. We're talking about some, some of the core uh, principles of what you're doing. And sometimes it just takes uh, kind of going in it with a little bit different perspective that you're actually going to probably get more out of it than you did the first time. So like, for example, when I first read scripture in the Bible, uh, I just read it for what it was. And I didn't really kind of put any kind of context to it. Uh, and then last year, I, or my goal was to, actually it was two years ago, was to read all the way through the Bible. And so I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to claim to be a Christian, I probably should at least, you know, have read the book all the way through at least once. Um, 
And what kind of made that a little bit easier for me to do was someone told me to read the Bible, not just as the Bible, but read it in terms of God wanting a relationship with you. And so read it as a relational text, as opposed to just the Bible. And when I read that, it kind of changed my perspective on everything. So as you're kind of going through this journey and, and looking at some of these foundational things, which I think are very important, uh, I, don't, I don't think that there's any sport that you can go back to and says, you know, those fun, fundamental things, you already did that one time, just forget those, don't, don't go back to those fundamentals. Yeah. They're always talking about how important those fundamentals are and then building on that foundation. So I think it's great that Operation Timothy does that. Uh, and it sounds like it, it's it's really in depth and 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 well thought out. Uh, it sounds really expensive. So you know, hopefully, you know, you guys aren't charging like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for something like this. Especially if guys are wanting to you know jump in and and, and grow. Um, you've put a lot of value. You put a lot of time and effort into it. You know, how how does somebody connect with this? And 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 what's the damage? What's what's this thing going to cost me? Yeah, well, actually, uh, there were God did call some men to put hundreds of thousands of dollars into this, and they digitized the whole thing, and it's out there for anybody now. Uh, yeah. Just go to advance.cbmc.com, and the whole thing is available digitally. Now, if somebody still prefers the old book format, you can buy it on Amazon as well. And okay. Amazon's got a print-on-demand service that uh, you can order it in an Amazon store, and they'll print it and send it to you, and you can work through it in paper form if you, if you prefer, but advance.cpmc.com okay. is the URL to go in. And what it will do, it will prompt you to uh, provide an email address and a password because it will give you an opportunity as you go through the study and you answer some of the questions uh, in each chapter. Uh, it will give you the option to save those answers, obviously, and uh, that that's now inside their secure portal, so it's unique to you. Uh, you've authenticated, so nobody else is going to see your answers. But the nice thing is they'll be there when you come back to it. You can access it from, obviously, any device. One of the things that I do with uh, the guys that I meet with is every time I go through a chapter that I've already been through with somebody else, I'll answer it from scratch as if this was my first time through the study as well. And I'll just put the date beside it as I go through it. And Evan, it's really kind of neat. You talked about the importance of just uh, re going back to the fundamentals. It's also really neat to kind of have a time capsule of your own spiritual life. You know, yeah. back in 2008, this is how I answered this question. And here I am in 2020, and my answer looks a little bit different today because yeah. of where I am now in life, because of my understanding of who God is and what he's doing in my life. Uh, it's really kind of neat to be able to celebrate some of the progress. It's almost like uh, getting to a vistage on a trail and being able to look back and see where you came from. Uh, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, so that's out there. And I, I would encourage anybody to check that out, but it's really meant to be used for somebody else. This is not meant to be a book that you just speed read or listen to, but invite somebody else to take this journey with you. And you can even link your profile to theirs online so that, uh, uh, you can put a bookmark and both know where you left off when you get back together for coffee next week. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I teed it up for you because I knew it was free, but I wanted to make sure that everybody else right, knew that. Right. And I, I think that's a great tool. And I think that's uh, something that, you know, CBMC as, a, as an organization has done because you recognize the value of this. You recognize that if you can have those deeper relationships, that you can have those authentic relationships where God is interwoven into everything that you do, 
that there's so much more that you're capable of. And, you know, I'm just now finding out about this. I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, you know, for the listeners, we'll, we'll put a link in the uh, show notes so people can click on that and follow along. Uh, because I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that there's more people that take advantage of a resource like that because, you know, hopefully in your journey, you're at a point where you're like, that's something that I want to do. I don't want to just read a book to say that I read a book. I want to, or I just don't want to do a course just to say that I completed the course so that I can get the little printout certificate. I want to take my time and go through it and see what this really means to me. Because at some point you, you recognize the value of your life and you recognize the value of the relationships that you have and you recognize the value of having a God that loves you. And I think that, you know, when I look back at how I approach school or how I approach training or how I approached all these different things that I, I can pull some of that stuff into how I approach a relationship with God, but I can't, I don't want to do it the same way. Like if I'm going to meditate on a, a scripture or I'm going to meditate on something that God has said or, or a, a, a passage that I've heard or, a, a, you know, a podcast like this where we're talking about these things, there's no time limit to it. There's the, there's something that you can continually go back to and remind yourself. And I think that that's where there's so much more depth to the topics and there's so much more depth to the, the relationship that, that we're talking about here, because I, I, I don't even know that there's an end goal cause, cause it's an ongoing thing, but I, I believe through the journey, you, like you said, those time capsules, you can see the growth, you can see the perspective and your perspective changes as you get older too. So you're looking at the much broader picture. And I think that it gives you more value to where you were and then also to where you are now. And I think that's where gratitude starts to come in as well, where you're uh, looking at, man, my focus was so narrow back then. And that's why I answered it this way. But now, you know, I, as a little more time's passed and I have more responsibility and I recognize how my actions influence and, and impact other people's lives. Now I'm going to answer it this way. And uh, to come, like you said, to see that growth and see that journey, I think that that just makes you so much more appreciative of kind of all of the resources that are available, but also kind of the, the relationship that you're starting to grow. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'll, uh, I'll also say though that, uh, there will be times when, and you might have already started going through Operation Timothy with somebody, and something comes up in conversation, or something comes up in life. You know, you lose a job, you lose a kid, you lose, um, you lose control, right? Life goes sideways for a season, and yeah. uh, sometimes, you know, the next chapter of Operation Timothy isn't where you need to be. Sometimes it's when you say, "Hey, man, uh, I'm really struggling with anger right now. Uh, I, I'm angry at." getting passed over for that promotion and it's coming out in my relationship with my wife. And now all we do is fight and I know the kids are seeing it. And, and I, I think we might need to put a bookmark in operation Timothy for a moment and go over and do a study on anger or something. <laughs> yeah. What do you know? And, and honestly, and that's what I would hope that anyone would know uh, about a, a real a real discipleship relationship is going to follow those trails when you need to, when you need to take those trails. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of good resources out there. They may or may not be free. They may or may not be digital like our operation Timothy is, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go and pursue it. And, you know, we've got several resources that you can find for that are free on our website that you can search for. Um, but, uh, 
it may be something that you visit your church library or talk to somebody else, you know, put an email into you and say, hey, can you connect me with somebody that has a good study on, you know, how do I get margin back in my life? Uh, yeah. I, right now, I, I want to meet with other guys, but I don't feel, feel like I've got time. And, you know, how do I work that back into my schedule? Uh, there's a lot of good stuff out there and some of that stuff we've got access to here uh, from my office. But that's uh, that's part of what that journey looks like as you're meeting with somebody is being willing to uh, meet them at their need. Right. Mm -hmm. If they're dealing with uh, if they're dealing with some issue that needs some specific focus and go there uh, because that's otherwise uh, you guys are on two different trails at that point. <laughs> yeah. And you're coming there wanting to move through Operation Timothy, and he's coming there just trying to survive the next week. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's important because I think at that point, both of you need each other. <laughs> and I think that yeah. you guys can both provide per perspective to, to one another and encourage each other. And Like you said, there's seasons. And, and in seasons, there's seasons of growing and there's seasons of dying. There's seasons of planting. There's all these different kind of life stages. And I think, you know, sometimes we're we're always trying to, or at least I'm, I've always tried to like have that steady up into the right path, right? Just constantly growing, constantly accumulating more knowledge, accumulating more wealth, uh, more status, everything else. But what you don't hear about is that it's not an, a steady straight line that there's going to be regression and then there's growth and there's going to be regression and there's going to be growth. And there's going to be times where you really do need to hone things in because you might've gotten a little bit, um, Fat, fat's the word I want to say. I don't think that's right, but you, you, you start to just get just too many different things all around you. Uh, you have excess. And if you're not managing that excess, well, you know, sometimes when you have those lean times, it, it allows you to lean down and position you for growth in, in the next stage. And so, you know, having that, that discipleship journey where you're going along and, you know, somebody's in that time where they're leaning down and they're, they're cutting all of the waste that they don't need. Uh, it's really nice to have a person there alongside you, encouraging you along the way, letting you know, hey, this is a season. You will get through this. I went through this when I was, you know, in this role over here, and here's what happened. And here's the, you know, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. And, and now I see the much bigger picture. And so, like, when you're having that person that's forged that trail with you, and, you know, and I feel like a lot of times uh, there's some parallels to mentorship and discipleship. Um, and I think that kind of, if you kind of look at it from that side of things, um, I think that that'll give you a little bit more perspective too. Uh, you were telling me earlier that, you know, when your original kind of walk uh, through this discipleship, you didn't even know you were being discipled. You you just thought it was something completely different. And then somebody said, oh, you're being discipled. You know, I, I think that that's partly a, a part of growth as a leader is you're constantly finding mentors, you're finding uh, people that are in other stages of life and other leadership roles, and you're bringing them alongside you and you're, you're, you're building that quality relationship. And, and I really want to highlight that because, you know, one of the questions I had here is, do you believe that we have more or less discipleship right now? And my gut tells me, I think we have less discipleship right now, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because, you know, you're obviously a little bit closer to it. Um, but for some reason, just my gut instinct is that we're so individualized right now and we just lack relationships that I'm concerned that we have less discipleship right now. What are your thoughts? Well, that's hard for me to answer, honestly, because um, discipleship wasn't even on my radar until 
you know, re relatively recent here in this last 15 years of life. Um, so I would say, I want to say there's probably less discipleship just because I feel like we're less relational now. You yeah. know, we know about people and we know people, but we're not in relationship with people as much mm -hmm. as we once were. Uh, and I'm, I'm convicting myself even as I'm talking. I know my neighbors, but we don't get together and do dinner. I don't do things with them on the weekends other than, you know, mowing lawn at the same time. Uh, there's a difference between knowing somebody and having a relationship with them. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think there's a lot of the way we communicate as a culture today in America that's very, very much uh, a little more at a distance. Uh, we don't have the level of closeness. And so for that reason, I would say there's probably less discipleship now uh, than maybe a generation ago. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. That would be my guess. I will say that uh, there does seem to be more of a hunger in this generation for yeah. wisdom from people who have actually walked the trail. And that, that encourages me. I don't see a lot of uh, people who are under 40 who are looking for to just to pool their ignorance together and, and confirm each other down a wrong path. I see guys <laughs> who are looking for, looking for gray hair with experience and they would love to have somebody, uh, you know, pass on to them some wisdom so that they don't repeat somebody else's mistake. Uh, and so I think there's an appetite for it. I think the culture is looking for it. I don't know that they know exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. My, uh, they might think they're looking for a mentor to help them, you know, get to the next stage in their career, whatever that looks like. Um, but my pastor said something in a sermon on Sunday morning I really liked. He said, the answer is Jesus. Yeah. Now, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> And I liked, I really liked that. And the answer is Jesus. Now, what's your question? Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of what separates discipleship from mentoring, um, just regular business mentoring or helping me, you know, live a more balanced life, whatever that looks like, right? Um, be, be, have a healthier lifestyle. I mean, you can do that with a mentor or with a life coach. Uh, discipleship, though, is focused on your relationship with God and the things that put up barriers there whether it's yeah. a time barrier or uh, a sin issue that I just don't want to let go of or uh, a pride or a, you know, busyness or whatever that might look like. Discipleship is specifically addressing the things that um, impact our relationship with God or involve, entail our relationship with, with God. And so um, I don't know that there is as much discipleship happening these days. Yeah. Well, you, all those things you just mentioned, I think, are things that people really just don't want to talk about because it's it's private. It's it's the things that we're maybe ashamed of or the things that we don't want people knowing. But, you know, kind of as we're talking about this and we're, we're talking about relationship uh, kind of interwoven into this, if you have that good quality relationship with somebody that you trust and, and, and you can work through those things with us, you can get freedom from those things. I think we don't want to talk about them because we're ashamed because we know there, there, there are things yeah. that we don't want to do, but how we're trying to fix them isn't working or, you know, you're not even trying at all. You're just kind of like, well, I'm ashamed of it, but I really don't want to do what it's going to take to to fix it. So I'm just going to have to deal with it. And they again, go back to compartmentalization. But I think that if we can grow our relationships and if we can walk towards discipleship and kind of tear down some of those uh, or demystify some of those uh, some ideas of like, Oh, well, I don't even know where to start. Well, 
Operation Timothy. That's a great way to start. It's free. It's online. You can start there. Okay. Well, now it's getting a quality relationship. I guarantee if you go to somebody's uh, family's funeral, that you're probably going to a friend's funeral that you have a pretty good relationship with. And uh, if you do something like that, that's going to build that relationship right there. I mean, it, I've for a long time thought that if I go to a funeral, I, I would go to the funeral of the person I knew. I wouldn't go to a funeral of somebody I knew's family. And, and I learned this from my wife. Like if I go to, let's say your father passes away. If I go to your funeral, I'm not going to the funeral because your father passed away. Cause I knew him. I'm going for you because I'm, because I know that this is a big impact in your life. And I think that sometimes you just got to look at things a little bit differently in terms of like, am I really investing in a relationship? Am I, am I being there for somebody? Am I asking those deeper questions? Am I, when I say, Hey, how was your, how was your week? And am I just saying it's okay because I just don't want to talk about it or are you asking some of those deeper questions to really kind of get into it and build that relationship? That's what's going to build the relationship. And if you have that kind of communication with somebody, that kind of relationship with somebody, broach the topic of discipleship. Say, hey, let's pursue this thing together. I don't know if I'm Timothy or if I'm Paul or who I am in this in this entire walk, but let's do this together and I'd love to hear what you have to say and, and let's, let's grow together that way. I think you had mentioned that you had a guy that's reached out to you and said, Hey, I just, I just want to grab coffee. I, I just want to find a person uh, to ha- have coffee with every single week. I, I think that's a great place to start. And if we can start there, and you know and what, just, that's going to happen. Yeah. That, that, that won't happen. I can almost guarantee it. Um, I think people are drawn to others who seem to live their lives with purpose Yeah. and, and, People who seem to know who they are and what their life is about. People, people recognize that. It's not just the ones who seem self-confident and are successful, but the people who really seem to, to pursue significance and they've got a peace about them. They don't seem to be uh, as volatile when the ups and downs of life come our direction. And uh, uh, maybe it's somebody that works with you or somebody that you know, maybe it's somebody from outside the office perhaps, uh, but they'll notice the way you live out your faith. Yeah. And I, I think it, it does impact uh, the way we approach things in life. You know, I'll, I'll, I know we're you're probably getting close to the end of our time, but my uh, um, I was invited to speak in front of a large group of people uh, several years ago and kind of share my CBMC story. And at the time, I, and even now, I would tell you I don't like getting in front of large groups of people and speaking, right? So, <laughs> so I was like, great, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do this. I've got to give my story in five minutes or so. And I'm telling my wife about it, and she said, well, are you nervous? And I was like, well, I'm going to tell you no, but the truth is probably, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like doing this stuff. And she said, well, why don't you just speak for two and a half minutes? And at first, I thought she was trying to take a dig at me that you know, if you, <laughs> if you aim for two and a half, you'll hit five. Which is probably true, by the way. But yeah. but I, I then, then she spoke up next, and she said, "Because I want to speak for the other two and a half minutes." Oh. Now you have to know my wife. My wife has no desire to get in front of five hundred people and share a story either, especially five hundred people that she doesn't know. But what she did is is she said, "Brent, you tell your story, and then I'm going to get up since that room is going to be a mixed room with husbands and wives. I want to get up and I want to be able to share." what I have seen change in my husband since he started 
engaging in discipleship relationship with somebody pouring into him and with him pouring into somebody else. Wow. And she said, it's changed the man that he, and she told the group, she said, I thought I married a pretty good guy to begin with, but, but he's not the same guy now that he was then, uh, in, in, in a very good way. I think people notice that. Uh, so you, I, yes, be intentional, invite somebody that you know is hurting, um, be aware of an opportunity to invest in the people that you see every day, but don't be surprised when somebody approaches you and says, <laughs> Hey, are you free for top? Yeah. yeah. And, and just pray in your spirit, God, is this a, is this the person? Yeah. Uh, we also have to be careful not to say yes to everybody who asks. I mean, mm. they're going to get out of it what they put into it. So if they're just wasting your time and they're looking for somebody to hang out with and talk about sports with, uh, that's probably not the way you need to spend your Wednesday morning every week. Yeah. Uh, but if it's somebody who's really hungering for a deeper relationship with God and they're not sure where to start, you might be God's answer for them in their life. That's awesome. Well, if I was in your shoes, I would have been like, hey, I'm only going to speak for 30 seconds and I'm going to let you talk for the other four and a half minutes because it sounds like she had a, <laughs> yeah, right. sometimes the best salesperson for yourself is somebody else. So uh, that, that's awesome. I think that's, that's true. true. Uh, it, it probably was a very meaningful thing coming from her and, and, and probably made that much more of an impact, uh, kind of giving both sides of it. So I, I think that's great. Um, you're right. We are kind of, uh, kind of reaching the end of this and, and I always give my guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. And I feel like you've, you've kind of done that throughout this entire part, but I always want to give you an opportunity to kind of speak to that younger version of yourself. Maybe that, that, that version of you when you were heavily pursuing your career and that was kind of the thing that you were, you were going after. What would you say to that, that younger version of yourself who was, who was starting that journey, who was seeing success and you were seeing those things that you thought were important and, and you were going down that path, kind of looking at yourself now in 2020, what would be your message to yourself then? Um, I, I would have told myself to get over all of the objections, you know, write down every objection and then tear it up and throw it away. Cause you're going to get more out of it than what you give to it. Um, um, this is, it's, First of all, we have to we have to admit that we've got our we've got blind spots, and even though we've got friends who will call us out and whop us upside the head from time to time, we still don't know what we don't know. And one of the things that that we need in our lives is somebody else whose sole interest in our life is to help us to become the men that God's created us to be. Now, I don't know about you, but most of my other friends are that's. That's not how they would define our relationship. <laughs> they, they're, they're friends first, right? And maybe their wives are friends with my wife as well. And we might even do some things together and we've got a shared history. But they probably wouldn't say that my, my primary in, interest in Brent's life is to help him become the man that God's created him to be. That's why I think we need those intentional discipleship relationships with someone who that is their primary interest in us. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, without that, we run the risk of of getting one degree off, which might not be a big deal from here to the Kansas border. But by the time you get to Canada, uh, that one degree makes a big difference. Yeah. Uh, so um, don't don't make the excuses. Uh, don't fool yourself and think that you don't need this. Uh, it's more important than you think, even if only. Uh, well, it's not only it will be for your own personal growth but it's also equipping you to be the guy that God's going to use for somebody else. And so the question is, is simply this, God, God created you, 
right? And Jesus has given up each one of us the commission to go and make disciples. So how are we going to respond? Are, are, are you ready for what God wants to do in you? And are you ready for what God wants to do through you? Hmm. That's the difference between a life of success and a life of significance. Awesome. Brent, I appreciate you taking the time to, to share your story, to share your journey with, with me and my audience. I'm, I'm really encouraged uh, that there's organizations out there like CBMC that uh, have put their time and resources behind helping people grow as leaders in the business world, uh, grow as leaders at home, and provide tools like Operation Timothy that helps with discipleship and growing quality relationships uh, throughout uh, our, our leadership journey. Uh, how do they connect with you? How do they connect with CBMC? How do they learn a little bit more about that? Yeah, so uh, to connect with us, just send me an email. I'm at um, OKC at CBMC. That stands for Christian Businessmen's Connection. OKC at CBMC.com. And um, I'll hang you back with all my contact information, cell phone, email, everything else after that. Uh, and for that matter, I'll make a turn. I'll trip up the turnpike and and have a coffee with somebody. Um, for the listeners in Oklahoma City, we've got teams that meet all around the metro area, and they're real easy to find. Just go to our website, which is ok.cbmc.com, and there's a map there with locations of all the teams that meet. There's three lo- teams that are meeting up in Tulsa, so Tulsa listeners, uh, check out one of the three groups that meets up there every week. Or like I said, give me a call, shoot me a note, and uh, I'll make the hookup. So I'd, I'd love to connect. That's what we're trying to do is develop connections that impact eternity. <laughs> well, that's awesome. We'll be sure to post some of that stuff in the show notes as well. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast.